Welcome back to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tabitha Crock, and let's first thank our sponsor, 32 Below, Froyo and more. They are officially opened here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Frozen yogurt, adult beverages, adult floats, paninis, and much more. So make sure you check them out. Follow all their social media to keep up to date on everything happening. All right, today I interview Katie Widmeyer, and we talk about pageants, we talk about the city of Coeur d'Alene, we talk about fashion, uh, her business, and much more. So enjoy this episode. Good morning. I have Katie Widmeyer with me today, and I am pumped to talk to you. You are doing all kinds <laughs> of great things. Um, Recently, we started talking about pageant stuff. So tell us a little bit about you. So people don't know who you are. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to and then maybe a little bit about the pageants. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Katie Widmeyer. I am a twin. I have a twin sister named Casey. I was born and raised in Coeur d'Alene. I've lived in the same exact house my entire life. Um, I've had the ability to be able to travel to all kinds of places. I went to college in South Carolina and majored in French and finance and accounting. Um, had four wonderful years, played some sports, um, and then studied abroad in Paris and graduated and then um, moved back to Coeur d'Alene just because I really love Coeur d'Alene. Like I, I really do. Um, there are so many things and opportunities that are going to be built in Coeur d'Alene that I think a lot of people don't really realize. Like I kind of just have this feeling in me um even you know driving along Sherman like the the changes between like when I was a college freshman to when I graduated and come back just within those four years are insane 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 um my senior year of high school my dad ran for mayor which um I think a lot of people who know me as you know, the mayor's daughter, um, they think that our family's been doing this our whole life and we haven't like at all. Um, it was my senior year of high school that he ran and, um, his election was actually the first election I ever voted in. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I turned 18 in October and then that, you know, two weeks later in November was his mayoral election. So he's been mayor for like a good majority of the time that I haven't been living in Coeur d'Alene. Um, and then once we came back, um, Casey and I have been able to be a little bit more involved in like our parents' businesses, um, in, you know, the community and we do wine, women and shoes every year. We do a lot that we don't really talk about. You got involved with the, um, the closet thing too, didn't you? Yeah. The one hanger. Yeah. Yeah, That was like, um, just that week before my pageant. And so, um, one of my friends, Anna Hammonds, who's part of the Lady Elaine's asked me to be a part of it and her and Miranda Hamilton. And I just tried to pull something together. You know, my mom and my mom always instilled in me that, um, if you have the ability to help in any capacity, to just try and make it work. Like my mom will say yes to something when she already has 900 things on her plate. And like, she makes it work. She really does. She won't let you know that she had to do all those same things that day. Um, and it might be like 10 minutes late, (laughs) but she always does an incredible job. And so, you know, I'm just always trying to help in any direction that I can. And especially when it's owning like a store, um, and it's kind of just in my DNA. It's like second nature. What what they were talking about was that people between the ages of 18 and 24 are actually the most at risk 
um, community members in Idaho, you know, the most impoverished, the people who have just graduated high school that, you know, might have children to take care of and can't really take care of themselves for clothes for work interviews. And I actually never knew that. And that was me. That's my yeah. demographic. Um, so just even that, like, I, I knew that I could help and I know that I was gearing up towards my pageant. I just, I had to be a part of it in some capacity. Yeah. And you did a great job with it. I think you have a great following of people in this community, but outside mm -hmm. of like, I mean, other communities that you go into college in different mm -hmm. places and you have a great Instagram, like you have all this great stuff. So you really used your platform for good things. And I think we'll go back to the pageant, mm -hmm. but I also want to talk about that a little bit is that I love that you use your platform for awareness and good things. Like mm -hmm. I get kill bumps, like I, you know, your stories and what you post oh. all about, like helping people and standing mm -hmm. up for people. And, you know, especially this time that we're going through a lot of crazy stuff, you usually yeah. really using it for a good thing is what I meant to say. So yeah. So tell us a little oh, bit about, you know, maybe a little bit behind that. So, um, a lot of things that I've noticed just in having the ability to go to school out of state is that there's just a lot of things people don't know in Coeur d'Alene that they, and not in that, oh my gosh, you, you're dumb, you're uneducated. It's just there, we are so fortunate in Coeur d'Alene to not have to deal with a lot of really hard things that the rest of the country has to. Um, and that lack of seeing it firsthand kind of makes you lack empathy. Yep. And I think a lot of that empathy that you say that I, you know, feed through my Instagram is just because like, I have seen it yep. that, that I have friends, um, that with, you know, George Floyd and Jacob Blake and all of this stuff happening with police brutality, you know, we have, we are so fortunate for the, with the Coeur police department, like we, we really are. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when you're reading national news, you have to take yourself out of the picture and when they are talking about the things going on or the violence or just the negative connotations that come with being an African-American a good majority of people in Coeur d'Alene really don't know exactly what that means and so we really just have to listen um talk to a friend you know out of state about an experience that they had but when when you read the national news about the kind of help that people of color might need, minorities, you know, women. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, we had a conversation before you pressed record about, you know, being safe as women in an environment like that. Um, when you don't, when you read these stories of injustice and you don't relate, that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. Um, it means that you're lucky. It means you're really, really lucky. Agreed. And, and I just, you know, a lot of times I think it's funny. So many people are like, you, you, you're so outspoken on your Instagram, you speak your voice. And it's actually crazy because I was fired from a job because of the things that I post on my Instagram a little while ago. This wasn't recent. This was not because of the recent things. Um, and actually I was told that, you know, as a result of the things that I post on Instagram, I'm actually not a good role model for young girls. Wow. And this, and this is while I'm doing wow. the pageant. This is while I'm doing the pageant. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, dang, you know, I am going through this process of becoming self-aware, like understanding how I portray my character out into the world. 
and I'm, I'm doing this pageant and I'm trying to be very, very meticulous about what, how I'm even perceived by that exact demographic that I was accused of not being a good role model for. And um, I just was like, dang, wow. Okay, so what is a role model? a role model, I guess, to some people is, um, it's like when growing up, when Miley Cyrus had, um, I think she was like 16 years old and posted a picture in like her bikini top. And every, it's just an outcry of, you know, she's not a good role model. She's, she is acting in a behavior that is not okay to someone who doesn't even know her. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just crazy to me that growing up and now being 25 and thinking back to the type of role model that I would have wanted when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. And gosh, if that girl had never made any mistakes, that role model I was looking up to, boy, would I feel bad about myself, right? Like, you know, the girls that grew up and made all of these kinds of mistakes and never gave up and bounced back and were called names or done this and that, those are the role models. You know, they're not, they're not the perfect girls who have never done anything because then once you're 25 and you've made mistakes, I mean, gosh, I don't know any 25 year old girl who hasn't, you know, you at least look up and be like, gosh, you know, you know, she overcame a lot of this stuff just like I did. To me, that's, that's a role model and that's transparency and that's being real and authentic. All those buzzwords you hear now on, on social media don't have to like showcase your hardships but gosh when I when I was told that I said you know I'm a terrible role model for young girls like that really hurt it really did I can't I can't imagine because you're the last person I would think of I mean with you know I think thanks what you show and like the whole thing about women like you you empower women like that's at 25 years old you're empowering all these women you know I know you and I've had past conversation about body positivity and that's something Mm -hmm. we like pursued and fashion and things, but like, it is, it's like, if you make those mistakes, I look up someone that can come outcome those mistakes and be like, mm-hmm. I've learned from it. I grew from it. Now I'm doing bigger and better things. And it gives hope for yeah. those people. Like I screwed up big time. And how am I supposed to get up? Well, you can, it's just, it's going to take some work. And yeah. that's, that's what you want to look up to. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's, that's kind of, you know, we talked about pageants and, um, I, for one, like, it's funny, we talk about pageants. If you asked me if I was having this conversation two and a half years ago, I would laugh at you. Because I'm not, every girl says, oh, I'm not a pageant girl. Like, I'm really not a pageant girl. Um, it's really something, it's a hot, it's it's something that was always talked about. Um, my sister just kind of always was like, you should be Miss Idaho. Like, you should do it. Like, you, you totally could. And it's been a lot of encouragement from, like, my sister and my mom. Um, it was never initially like something that I wanted. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I didn't go to bed and wake up every day being like, I want to be Miss Idaho. I want to be Miss USA. Um, but I actually got asked to do it. Um, I think that last year, so this will be my second year doing it. The director reached out to me. She found me through social media. And, um, I just kept an open mind. Like I, I really, I'm kind of like a, like you have to try everything. Like, I don't know if you know, like I didn't train for the marathon that I ran. Her family did the Coeur d'Alene marathon last year. And this girl's like, oh yeah, I didn't train for this. I was like, what? 
you no like I didn't did not train like I think it was um we'd all signed up and Matt had hurt his calf or um his girlfriend had hurt his calf so there was just an open spot like a month before and I walked like some of it I didn't run like I finished I hope like people don't think like I hopped in and ran for big races like a three and a half hour like no (laughs) like it was long there were a lot of blisters, a lot well, of pain. Yeah, and, like, and it, your dad probably loved that because he, he's been walking, him and you, yeah. and you know, that he's been walking every day, like he's worked yeah, out. Yeah, he walks. And then he you're like, I'm just going to walk this and run it with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was, I have such my dad's personality sometimes too, that we're just like, all right, we're going to do it. Like, let's just get it done. And that's kind of what the pageant too, is I hopped in on this and I, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't really know pageantry. I'm, I'm really fortunate to have kind of chosen. So pe- for people who don't know pageantry, there are different systems within kind of the whole pageantry world. Um, the most common are like Miss America and Miss USA. They say that Miss America, Miss USA is kind of like the Super Bowl of pageants. And that's the one that I'm doing. And I, that I'm just like I'm dying to use this statistic because um, I want to use it with George. It's when you you are more likely to have a son play in the Super Bowl than a daughter compete in Miss USA. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so that'll be you know fingers crossed. That you told George that. Every, right. I know. Well, I have to. I have to win Miss Idaho first. So <laughs> once I do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure he he knows that. But. <laughs> It's, um, I'm, I'm in the Miss USA system and I'm really fortunate to be in a system that like, it's, it's so hard because sometimes these like catchy social media buzzwords, they can sound so cliche and so corny. And I think that's why pageantry gets the, the rap that it does. But I think that with anything that's a bad rap, when you try at anything, people will make fun of you. That is just the cold, hard truth. It's, and I also think it's the best compliment whenever I got a hate comment on TikTok the other day and I was so excited because I was like, that means I'm making it. That means that I'm doing something because someone is upset that I'm succeeding. And I know mm-hmm. that like, threatens people or makes them uncomfortable. And so I always think, you know, you're going to have those haters. And if you have haters, that means you're doing something right because they can't do what you do. And that's the only way yeah. they feel threatened. Yes, threatened, threatened. I'm still trying to learn that. I still, I still take things so personally. I really do. I think sometimes I, I am bold and I am really like, if you fire me up, I'm a Libra. So like, if you give me energy, I'll give it back. That's what, that's, I was like, I'm kind of the same way too. I can act cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty sensitive though too. And so like when I get hate or like if someone will DM me something nasty, like it really does hurt. Sometimes I feel like um, my social media makes me seem like I'm like this cold, hard, badass bitch. And like, I can be, but like, I still cry a lot. <laughs> like I still definitely cry significantly. That's just who I am. Like I, I take things personally and that's with my business, with pageantry, with even with my social media, with my pictures, like what I'm doing, I guess is just like creating art to me. Oh, yeah. um, that's what and, I, when I look at your photos. Like if you're well, not, it's more artistic because it's, I think it's your fashion background and like you mm-hmm. see it as art and it, they're beautiful, like gorgeous. Thank you. Um, but it's, it's not just how you look like, yes, you're beautiful, but you're also, it's the clothing, okay. it's the posing, it's where you're at. Like there's so much mm-hmm. more to it. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really complicated person. Like I have 9 million ideas kind of like all floating and sometimes I grab them together like as like a bouquet of balloons and I'm like, yeah, let's party. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I take everything personally. I take it to heart. Like it really is a lot of like anything that I create, um, like painting wise or through the store or on social media, like it really comes from like the DNA of who I am. And so it, it's cool that you can have that like, you know, haters like, yes, I'm working towards that because I, I'll like, I'll get sad for a second and then I'll be like, I think I've more come to the fact that like haters aren't going to stop you from creating. Like I still get hurt, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to, it's not going to make me not post a picture on Instagram because I heard girls that I went to high school with were talking about blah, 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 blah. Like it's a small town still you hear. And so like, it still hurts, but it's not going to stop me. Exactly. Yeah. Which I love. And I think you and I've talked about the pageants um, kind of similar is that, mm -hmm. yeah, you're doing this pageant. You have to look beautiful and you have to do all the poise and everything, but you're using it also as a platform and to like mm -hmm. voice heard and to help others and to do things at a bigger level. Yes. It'd be great to be Miss Idaho, but it's also mm -hmm you can help more people with that platform. Yeah. Well, and I really, so, so what I was saying before, like with Miss USA, that I'm really fortunate to have a program that really, really, truly, like the cheesy catchphrases is, is like, they want you to just be yourself. Like they really, really do. And myself is not like the, they use the term like pageant patty. Um, I'm not her. Now have I had to train so like, maybe a cuss word or two doesn't come out. Like, yeah, I've told her brothers, like I've told her brothers that were eight years older than me. Like we were a sports family and that's just who I am. When I moved to the South, like I definitely learned I was different. Um, <laughs> going to school in the South really helped me. Like I had some moments of like, I was sad because I definitely like, I didn't dress the same as a lot of girls. Like and I didn't realize it would be so much more so in the South with just, they love tradition. They love, you know, feeling like they're a part of something. And I think that extends to what they wear, which yeah. for me, coming from a mom who's owned a clothing store my whole life, um, um, trying so hard to be different is what I've like spent my whole childhood doing, like to a point of rebellion. Like it didn't matter if I loved a skirt that everyone else decided the next day they liked. I'm not even trying to not like it. I just don't. Right. I just have like this in my DNA, like go against what everyone else wants to do. Maybe that's a Libra thing. Cause I enjoy that too. Like, um, yeah, I like to be different, but it's so funny. Cause I went to my first football game in the South this last year. And where'd you go uh, to the Auburn, Alabama game. Oh, <laughs> and everyone's dressed all the girls like, perfect hair, perfect outfits, like, and I'm, like, in a flannel and cut-off shorts. Oh, my gosh, it was, like, the first, like, the first game that, um, because my older brother went to the same college that I did, oh. and, yeah, so he played football, but he's quite, he's quite older than I am, so he's eight years older than I am, so I'm in fourth grade, we're in South Carolina, I'm going to this private school, and we're just, like, this Idaho family who, like, I don't know, like, I, I, this, this is, like, the first time I had been, like, across the Mississippi, like, you go to, oh, sorry, a little, <laughs> you're fine, <laughs> um, can you see me, oh, yeah, you go to football games and sweatshirts, like, and jerseys and t-shirts and, like, 
I didn't know. I, I didn't know I was supposed to bring my wedges. It wasn't on the ticket. Like the dress code wasn't like usually if you tell Westerners that like you have to dress up in something somewhat nice. Like I wear sweatpants to Beverly's. Like <laughs> that's what I like describe to people in the South. I'm like the nicest restaurant in our whole town. Like I go drink wine in sweatpants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're chill. We're so for anyone else who hasn't been to a football game in the South, they're wearing, you know, cocktail dresses. Not like nighttime cocktail, but like Lily Pulitzer cocktail. They yeah. look beautiful. And but I would have liked a memo on the ticket. Yeah. It's like, what we're asking for. The makeup's great. Like, they look like they're ready to go. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I stuck out like a sore thumb. It's, it's totally fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to it. And so just that whole mentality um I think people they you you think one way about pageants and you say oh I'm gonna go in as someone who I think the judges want me to be Mm. these people have been doing this for a very long time and especially you know women you can smell bs from a mile away like even though it's a three-minute interview I think that there's something so much in pageantry that just wants like the unspoken connection of like okay yeah that person's really being herself or like, wow, I want, like, I want her to be my best friend. Like, can we go grab lunch after that? Mm-hmm. And that's like what Miss USA is looking for. They're, they're looking for a girl who's accomplished, can have a conversation, who's, you know, experienced things in her life, positive, negative, but that you've turned around and made something different. Um, yeah. and, and it goes back to like the being you, which is like such a hard it's almost growing up. It's like, you know, whenever, like, Lacey, one of our great friends, like, she says the whole, there's such a distinction between someone who, like, turns 21 to someone who turns 25, and it's like, you can't, you can't explain it, but you just know once, like, you turn 21, you look back on your 18 and 19, and you're like, whoa. Who is that? It's that, like, whoa moment that you, like, look back, and you're like, yeah, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so much more grown now. You grow up. That's being you, I think, is growing up. Exactly. And I think with that whole, the whole mentality of that too, is like, actually employers want that. Like they want mm-hmm. to know who you are. I think that goes in, so the pageant is also going into your whole life. Like if you yeah. lose your job, they want to see who they're really getting. They don't want the BS. They were like, yeah, you've given me the right answers, but are you a good person with good character and that you're going to yeah. be a good worker and that you're going to, you know? So I think that's, it's a life lesson. When a lot of people don't realize that when you win, you, you know, the entire pageant process is a job interview. You are applying for a job. And a lot of the girls, um, you know, they think it's a pretty crown or dressing up. And that's, you know, that's the part of the pageant that they just, that's the tradition. That's the being a woman. That's, you know, celebrating your, your own, your own unique beauty, my mom growing up, she did a really good job with Casey and I growing up, um, you know, just that hard adolescent age of like teaching your daughter how to wear makeup, um, you know, what to wear. And I saw a lot of my friends, parents, you know, tell them, no, can't wear mascara, you can't wear eyeliner, you can't wear this until you're 18. And then I see my friends, you know, that's when you go to the bathroom and you drive eyeliner on. And like, it's weird because like, you know, your moms did that. And it's like, they act like their daughters aren't doing that either. But my mom, my mom raised Casey and I with a very positive relationship with makeup, which I now look back on as such a blessing because I really see it as a tool to like enhance, you know, who I am. Um, 
And that's what pageantry wants your relationship with, you know, glam to be also. Yeah. But yeah. it's a bonding tool with women. And, um, you know, it's, that's, that's, they want to see you have that relationship with hair and makeup too, because they can tell when you don't. Because pageantry, it's a time when you present yourself, you know, you know, as a woman, the girl sitting next to you when she might be using makeup because she hates the way that she looks, which is so sad. So sad. Um, yeah. And so they can tell that little stuff. Right. Exactly. Well, I'd love for one, I love your mom because she is. Mm, I love her too. Yeah. She's fantastic. And I love mm-hmm. how she always just, she presents herself. I mean, when Marie walks in the room, you're just like, you know, she's in the room the way she presents, even if she's not wearing much makeup, she just has that like confidence. And so I love it. But I also love that she's showing like, it's okay to wear makeup and teach it the right way instead of having to go to school and put it on. And I love that about you as well is that you don't wear a lot of makeup unless you're getting photographed or yeah, I really don't your own skin. You embrace who you are and maybe a little mascara, but like, I love that you look beautiful without makeup and you're just like, no, I'm comfortable in who I am. Yeah, it is kind of, it was really like a forced thing. Um, just like, I didn't wear makeup a lot with sports. Um, I just, I just didn't. And then, um, really once I graduated college, my skin just like gave me the middle finger. Like it, it really did. Like I was so fortunate and my mom would like, she would tell me like, wash your face every night. Like no matter what, like, it doesn't matter if you have anything or not. She was like, it'll catch up to you or, and not even saying that I don't think that I have bad skin now because I didn't do any of those things. Like I did, but like when I turned 23 or 24, like I just like cystic, like 16 year old acne, like everywhere. And it really was one of those things where I'm like, shoot, I'm not going to cover this up. You're going to see if I have bad skin, whether I have makeup on or not. And this makeup is just going to make it worse. Like, and that kind of helped my like evolution into that, like skincare is medical care, like kind of that, like skincare or skincare is healthcare. Taking care of your skin is taking care of your health. And so once I had that like mental shift out of the vanity of it, and that it was about like taking care of my health. Then I, I got a lot more comfortable with like just showing, like, look at that, like showing my pimples in public. Yeah. Because I was like, shoot, this is something that I'm trying to like, I'm trying to take care of my skin. You know, I'm going to get microneedled. I'm looking into saving for all these lasers. I'm using medical grade skincare. It's not anything to be ashamed of because like it's, it's really, you know, I'm trying to be a healthy person. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's go to a couple of fun questions. Um, okay. Let's. Favorite restaurant in Coeur d'Alene? In Coeur d'Alene, um, well, I'm gonna, I'll choose two because my parents own the beer house. The beer house is so good. It's so good. It's a great location and it's got a yes. back patio that's great. Yes, um, my two, both my brothers played professional football, American football over in Germany. Um, we went over and visited a couple of times. We've gone to all kinds of like in the basement of ancient castle, like kind of German restaurants. And so it, it really is a lot of everything that we do. My family does. Um, we unspokenly have a, a very big story behind it. Mm-hmm. And so we got to when we went to Germany, um, we didn't know we were going to do this restaurant. It kind of just came to be. And, you know, on, when a space comes available on Sherman. It's not like a, you've been planning this for years. It's like a space is available, do something, or someone else is going to do it. Exactly. Especially with the rate that Coeur growing. So, um, you know, my brothers pulled together this 
this German bar and, and restaurant and we got to pick out some dishes from when we remember, like I remember eating this schnitzel down in like a basement in Munich in this like a restaurant called a Ratzkeller. It's funny for people who haven't been to Europe, like Europeans do not give a rat's ass about your customer service. Like that's what I think is so funny about Americans. Like Americans love to like, we'll get people that come in like the restaurant that'll give certain like reviews and we obviously listen to it yeah. but it's just funny to subconsciously think that in germany like they would not give a they like at all about anything that you say about their food and that doesn't that means if like there was if it was cold like if there was a bug in it like they do not care you're paying for the food. We made you the food. This whole customer service entitlement, like American thing, it's hard when you own businesses. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's really, it's, an, it's a, an epidemic amidst a pandemic and an epidemic of, of other things, of this sense of entitlement mm -hmm. with, you know, they love to throw the, the care in or, you know, whatever. Just the sense of entitlement of that small businesses, especially owe you something because something wasn't perfect um it's hard you know when when you can you can expect that kind of perfection from corporations who say, who are saying that we are employed to be able to offer that kind of perfection but when you're within a community like Coeur d'Alene um when I go to a small business I'm thinking you know these are my neighbors these are these are the neighbors who who use this money to go put their kids into sting soccer like these are, these are people who are using money to go, you know, within our local community. And so sometimes for me, obviously there's a basis of like customer service that's important, but you know, you throw that out the window when they're your neighbors and you just, you want them to help be their best. You don't want to take like stuff away from them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So beer house, sorry, I'm a talker. I'm I such a talker. Give me coffee. I'm such a talker. Get coffee in me. Oh my goodness. Uh, um, beer house. And then what's my other favorite restaurant? Gosh, I'm going to be lame and just say Beverly's because you too. Like, I'll tell you what the atmosphere up there is fantastic. And I, I'm a wine drinker. Um, I really just, um, with college, I really, I'm really trying not to be as, I don't, I don't like alcohol. I really don't. Um, Lacey's inspiring, which is, you know, being sober and everything like that. Yeah. I just love wine. I don't, I don't drink anything else. Um, even I don't really have much beer when I go to the beer house, but I drink wine and Sam and Trevor up at Beverly's are incredible. Like you, you can go up to Beverly's and get, um, a 30, 30 to $40 bottle. Um, I get one, I get them from France, but they're, they're better than any other wine that you can have you know, around town. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, there's something special about it. And they know exactly what I like, too. <laughs> and it's nice. Yeah. It's nice when people, like, know what you like. Oh, and... yeah. That's why you have your favorite local favorites. Like, when you walk in, they call you by name, and they're like, are you going to have this again? You're like, uh, yeah. they're like, oh, I'd be here too much, or it's like, right. right? Yeah, no, exactly. So, that's so what is, why. Um, one life lesson you have learned the hard way? One life lesson, oh my God, I'm like looking at my window right now and this is reminding me that my sister and I bought a fire escape ladder and like <laughs> the one life lesson I'm thinking is like you can't get back up. We were trying to sneak out and so we like thought we were so clever and we bought a fire escape ladder from our second story window and we had like a, like our, 
our like window isn't like super steep. We sound so extreme, like mission impossible to get out of the house. Like my parents didn't like lock us in. They were just strict when we were in high school and we just yeah. wanted to have fun. Like, so we bought a fire escape ladder and like literally like I'm looking out my window, it would be like dropping right there. It didn't um like, you kind of had to like drop. Like I, I could only grab it like if I held. So there was no way to like get back up. So, I mean, we got, like, we had to come through the front door. It's like, yeah. we got caught. <laughs> I so love that, that one. You can't think through a plan. There you go. Life lesson you had to learn the hard way. Think a plan through in its entirety. Instead of, like, this seems great. And then when you get back, you're like, right? Oh, you don't know what that. to do. I yeah. love that. So who is your biggest inspiration or, like, hero? Mm -hmm. um, my mom. My mom's a cool, a cool person. Um, a lot of people say that. A lot of people don't know my mom, though. Um, my mom just kind of, like, does what she wants. Um, but at the same time, she has deserved that in every shape and, like, way and shape, like, anything. Um, like, she was a foster kid her whole life. Um, you know, raised herself, had my brother pretty young. My, my mom and dad got married. Like they really are kind of like this little American dream. Like they are. Um, well, and if, yeah. you, if you're listening, you can actually go on my YouTube and go back farther back. And I have an interview with Marie oh, and her. her story and about where she's come from. And now that she's raised her kids to be so like, all of you guys are very successful in whatever you want to do it's not mm -hmm. like you have to be a doctor you have to be a lawyer you have to do this they're like whatever makes you happy and then they support your guys's dreams i think i think it's amazing yeah they're they're, they're extraordinarily supportive um i'm extremely lucky to have them as parents uh outside outside of my family um i'm i love um humor like i love celeste barber do you know who that is I do, yeah on instagram um, I, like, I'm in love with SNL. I love a lot of the women on SNL. Um, gosh, Kate McKinnon is, like, my girl crush. Like, Kate McKinnon to me, like, I get, like, goosebumps just because I think that they're so outrageously funny. I, I love irony, and especially being in fashion, like, you have to have a sense of humor. Because my, my sister lives in New York. She, after graduating, she wanted to go to Parsons. For fashion school so she is in she's in the middle of that I mean she works with some celebrity stylists that just the the requests and it's just it's a whole different world um Casey and I grew up like the the stretch between Marmalade and Marie's so it would be like kind of like on Pita Pit my mom's two stores like by Pita Pit to the Coeur d'Alene Resort which is like half a block the amount of naked mannequins Casey had to carry in, we had to carry in our youth, like for sure built character, like without a doubt. <laughs> like, you know, you'd have to flip them like on either directions. And what was worse is like some of the mannequins, like the proper place to grab was like right on like the mannequin boom. But we'd have people like laughing and pointing at us, like rolling racks between oh, I, the stores. The racks. Your mom let us borrow when I was working for the children's village. She let us borrow one of the racks for our little boutique. Yeah. And I remember pushing it from the resort up to, yes. and I was oh. like, gosh, people are probably like, what is she doing? What is she doing? I used to be so embarrassed. And then I remember I went to market. I went to market one time and a guy was like, um, I remember being like 13 and being like, my mom makes me push these racks and blah, blah, blah. And a guy just made a comment and he goes, what are you talking about? They do it all the time in Soho. 
And I remember just taking that arrogance like with me back to Coeur d'Alene. And I'm just like, just like pulling these racks and like carrying this naked mannequin like boobs out and proud. And I'm just like, they do this all the time in Soho. So I remember the first time when Casey, when Casey moved there, I was like, Casey, do they do that all the time in Soho? And she was like, no, they actually do. The meat, she's like the meatpacking district. Like she, she was like, I watched someone on the subway, like carry an entire pole. She was like the size of a subway cart, just this man and a giant pole. And like, the thing is, is that like the subway doors, people were so unbothered until the subway doors were trying to close and he wasn't in. And like the second time, like the, the moment that you're taking New Yorkers time, that's when they'll help. Mm-hmm. So then, like, everyone's, like, trying to get this pole, like, into the subway cart. I'm like, okay, so the naked mannequins didn't, okay. Nothing. That's all right. I, I will carry whatever naked mannequin, like, across <laughs> this door now, so. All right, so, so last, yeah. last question. Um, if you had a billboard, and it was your billboard, and you could put anything you wanted on it, what would it say or have on the billboard? Uh, listen first, speak second. Speaking is important, especially as women, speaking up, everything with the Me Too movement, you know, I think that we should be heard. Um, and we've, we've, we've listened for so long, but I think especially in this climate that there maybe are some women, even in my community that I know, that aren't really listening right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I have friends that, you know, I'm sure you have friends that you can hold accountable just in this climate of just, hey, like, listen, listen to the experiences that you might not have had. But then, like, once you listen and you gain that empathy from other people, like, speak and tell yours. Uh, I don't think that telling people, I think a lot of times people are taking this whole, like, wait, listen, as, as shut up and listen. You know, we don't want to hear what you have to say. And, and that's not necessarily true. It's just listening first shows someone that you're actually empathetic about something and you're, you're there to solve or there to change and not necessarily there to just say yours and leave. Exactly. And that's what people, they don't listen. They're just ready for you to stop talking so then they can talk. Um, yeah. I think that's so important is the listening piece. And I think that's some of the best, best leaders, the best like supervisors I've ever had is how they listened and they actually listened. It wasn't just like you're talking to someone's like mm-hmm. kind of like doing something else, but they mm-hmm. actually give you that attention and like make you feel like you've been heard. Yeah. And, and as, as smart as you are, you, you always have something, something to learn. Yeah, I agree. So how can we, how can the community, how can we support you right now as you go through your pageant, life, anything you need from us, how can we support you right now? Well, um, so anything with the pageant, um, the best way is just to follow me on Instagram to um, know just anything going on with the pageant. The pageant is September 26th, and it's actually here. Yeah, um, That's actually a little bit somewhat of an announcement. I probably should know that still learning how to present myself and everything, but it's here, which is different for the first time, like ever in the 60 odd years that Miss USA has been a thing. They have never had the Miss Idaho up North. Um, they've had a couple Northern girls win, but as we know, like in our state, a lot of things are just, you know, pushed down to Boise. And so the fact that it's here, buy a ticket, come support, you know, if you feel comfortable, like wear a mask. I know that everything is going to be socially distanced. Uh, they've been working really, really hard in order to make sure that this is something that can happen because people need something to look forward to right now as long as we can stay safe. So follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Champagne Kitty without the A. 
if you want to put that on the little she'll tag it down exactly because i was looking for the other day and i was like why can't i i know what her name is no a no a no a in the first one it's just because it was taken and i have a funny story and one of my friends just like made up the name champagne kitty when i was younger and she was like go for it and i just changed it and it like kind of like attached to me but yeah so follow me um and then there's also going to be voting. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the first week. Everything's a little bit last minute, but they're going to be voting for People's Choice and um, Photogenic. And those also, um, the winners of those get scholarships and then also like a chance to be into the, the top 10 in advance. So September 26th and 27th at um, the Red Lion Templins in Post Falls is where it's going to be. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll make sure that we support you by voting um, when those get, so let us know when those are available. And thank you so very much. Yeah. Oh, and go shop at Marmalade. I didn't yes. enter my store. Go shop at Marmalade. One go check my, out downstairs and everything. If, yeah. If I have, well, yes, we, I have a whole nother story with that and your mom and my aunt Crystal and you guys have some oh, yeah. things from when she met Ronald Reagan and like, oh, just some beautiful stories. And I just love it. might even, we should do a podcast down there because we have some of, yes, let's do one with all three of us <laughs> and do one down there. Cause we have her aunt Crystal's like, got like dresses hanging in the back of our, our downstairs. That'd be a perfect place to do it. Yeah, yes, we'll do that. And thank you. Yeah, shop there, especially if you need like a nice, unique piece. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tabitha. It was great talking to you. Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.